Alright guys, so today joining me live in studio is none other than one of the faces of the campaign, Kirsty McKenzie, Australian model, actress, done many things, um, and you're a huge mental health advocate towards the campaign, mm. but to sharing your story to the countless of people so they can simply get the conversation started. So, I will put it to you, what was the first thing you thought when I approached you about the campaign and told you the concept behind it? I think like um, so many other people that have been on the campaign that I've watched and sort of watched their stories, it was a sort of fear of being able to put yourself out there and really commit to something and be so raw and so exposed. So I think that was my first thought. And then I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wow, this movement is really important. It's, and I, I liked that. I liked the fact that I felt that everybody on it had something to say and it was something so unique and individual and yet you could relate to it on so many levels, and I thought that that was quite remarkable and quite unique, so. Yeah, and I know we've talked about it off camera before, but the the couple of days when I sent you to the shops through, Yeah. first of all, my first question would be, how confronting was it for yourself to see the images of yourself looking like that? Oh, it was, it was, um, that's it. <laughs> that confronting. That, that, that confronting. Yeah. I, I sat there and I looked at my phone and I was like, I don't like that. I don't I don't know how to, how I feel about that and I don't know how I feel about putting that out there. So it was yeah. very, you can see I, I shuffle. So it was anxious. I was yeah. anxious is the word I'm looking for. So I looked and I was like, wow, I didn't, I've never seen myself like that. Mm. I think that's also quite something else is the fact that when you see a photo and you know, once you're in those kind of spaces and you've been through those experiences, you never see what you look like once you're in it. Yeah. Like you know, nobody's yeah. going to be like, okay, you're feeling that creepy. What so as an actress, like? do you watch yourself back on screen? I you find watch? that very Because I know a lot of actors <laughs> don't, do they? Yeah. They love the craft, but they don't watch themselves back. So yeah. to see something so confronting, such as an image, to see you in a space, like a headspace. So for anyone out there wondering how I get to these, these images... I literally just give you your safe zone, yeah. let you go to a, a, your story, basically. How did you find that? Because as a, as a model one mm. and as an actress, you're given direction by somebody. Yeah. Whereas this is kind of free reign. Yeah. So how did you... Well, I think, yeah, I think sort of as, as I've gone through being an actress... Not so much the modeling, I wouldn't say, but being an actress and exploring and learning more about myself and being in these situations and finding that and then going into being able to know almost like where I, I tend to avoid. Yeah. It's like those places I avoid because you don't. In, the, in your everyday life, you don't want to be driving a car and suddenly like, oh, I'm a, I'm a helpless wreck. <laughs> I can't drive a car, I'm going to have to yeah. pull over. So we... And humans do it all the time, mm. you know, you'll find, and it's one of my most interesting things to watch in a person is when they've been through trauma or an experience, the way the, the face they put on yeah. is a very much it's a face. And yeah. so being having to sit and go, oh, okay, I'm going to have to sit in front of someone, yeah. you know, and I know that you do give the space, but I'm still, you're still in my presence. So when yeah. I'm in my apartment and I'm in my own, that, that it's a very different experience for me. So that I can sit and I can just I can do what I want. I can be naked and crying on the floor. Nobody's <laughs> gonna care. Yeah, but yeah. sitting outside, you know, and having to then relive that in front of somebody and then to be captured on film doing that is 
it's rewarding, but it's quite confronting and it's sort of, I think, yeah, the anxiety that was in after I'd done it. So it felt almost liberating yeah. doing it, but it was, yeah, it's like a sort of, it's a whole roller coaster of emotions that you go through. You know, there's joy, joy being able to do it and help people. And then there's, there's terror of what people will say. And then there's the fear of having to go through that thing again, whatever, you know, yeah. so that was... I mean, there's there's a there's a big thing that I always let people know within this because it is such a personal thing mm. for a public figure to portray their job through socials. Mm. There's events, there's your modelling gigs, there's your acting gigs to actually then interrupt this. Yeah. Should I say and post an image of you looking so raw and vulnerable? Yeah. It's a big thing and it's a big ask. So for you to post it, you just told me your thoughts of what you saw. What was the reaction from family and friends? Um, so funny enough, my friends do what they did. They will not see this, which is be amazing. Thanks, mum and dad. But they put their head in the sand, so they just totally disregarded this. Mm. And mum and dad just don't. Um, I had other friends who came up to me and were like, "God, I'm so sorry. I had no idea." And I was like, "There's nothing." And he's like, are you okay? And they asked if I was okay. And, you know, if there's anything they need to know, do. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'm sort of helping raise awareness rather than, yeah. you know, posting a brutally thing that I'm crying for help. Um, so I found that that was kind of different. I also had other people who have reached out and then just said that, you know, it's really brave. And it's sort of, it's hard to accept, I think, those yeah. compliments. And well, not compliments, but just... Because you don't know how to take them. Yeah, really. how do you yeah. take that? Yeah. Oh no, you're 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 welcome. You're thanks. Yeah, yeah great. It was. I yeah. don't know what to say. Just you know, yeah. appreciate that it, it if it helps you or it made connected. Yeah. Thank you. Then I hope you know and good yeah. luck with your journey and things like that. So I had people do that, and then you know you always find those other couple of people that go, you don't know what you're talking about. And they'd be 100% correct, because yeah. 98% of the time, I had no idea. I flew my way generally But I mean, with, with this campaign, the whole concept is, like, if, if somebody did come and say, you have no idea, well, it's my story. Yeah. It's my personal story, and I'm not here to portray to anyone that I do know what yeah. you might be going through. The whole idea is to showcase that... I'm a public figure, I am a normal person, we yeah. do all go through this, and it's merely to educate people that it's okay to start conversations surrounding you. Right. And, and that's the whole thing, you get these messages, and I've sent, I know I've sent a few messages to you guys about mm. all the people, the incredible support of people have reached out from all over the world, just saying you've made a difference, like, if I'd have known about this a long time ago, it could have mm. saved me bottling things up especially from guys the amount of guys really? that have reached out is incredible like yeah. just saying i went through this and i've spoken openly about my body issues that i went through and that's one of your things as well yeah. um and again modeling industry what what stemmed you to get into modeling to start with um so i think i so at school i was i was an outcast of note. I had very few friends, and the friends that I did have would be known as what we call the frenemies of the world, and so you're probably not the kind of friends that you want in your life. Yeah. Um, and I came from extreme amounts of bullying, and not so much sort of physical, but psychological bullying, and never really fitting in. I was, um, so those of you who don't know, I'm nearly six foot, 
Um, so I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty tall, but yeah. I've been about I've been pretty tall since I was about 13, 14. So yeah. I've always kind of stuck out, um, and it made certain lifestyle things. So I kind of busied myself with external, you know, activities. I was a horse rider that, and I never felt attractive. I never felt pretty, and I was constantly reminded that I wasn't in so many social circles. Right. So I was constantly told that, oh, just picked apart. I think that would be it. And I was once going through the shopping center with my mum, as you do, and there was a stupid competition. And I'm kind of gone. I was tall. And I think that was it. I was tall. I could have done two things, basketball and modeling. So, you know, <laughs> it was a competition to, <laughs> to modeling. Yeah. And, um... I ended up doing that competition and I had won that and from there it just stemmed lots of more modeling things and um, I was then I was going to go to London to pursue it and my parents were like no stay in school to do that and so that was kind of where it was but probably for somebody with such low self-esteem and for such somebody who hated themselves and yeah. I say hate it's a strong word but I was I was in a very hated myself and I was constantly looking for outside validation. So if I got that, I'd be better. If I got the top marks, I'd be better at that. So I was constantly looking for outside just to make my me feel better, which I didn't know how. And so for somebody going into modeling, already not liking what they had, that was probably mm. the worst space to try and enter because in the modeling, yeah. then you walk in and they're like, oh, well, your hips, they're just gonna, yeah. so you have to lose weight off your hips. And you're like, what, no, no, they're like, no, just the hips. Your hips are too big. And I was like, wow. I still, if you figure out a way to exercise to lose weight only off your hips, <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in. That's so, the you personal trainers. <laughs> yeah, please. Wow. Yeah. So they so pick you apart. They pick you apart, yeah. Wow. Which was, and I know you've spoken about your yeah. body issues as well. It's just so. going to the modeling. I, I, I had a friend back in the UK once, mm. and he actually got as they say, spotted in a shopping mall. Yeah. And I remember him coming back oh, and telling us at college. I know. <laughs> I remember him coming back to college and actually saying to us all that he got spotted and they said he was a good-looking guy and he could do modeling. So this was a few days after. He'd actually gone to see them and he said he walked into a casting room and literally got pulled apart. Now, he's pretty... His self-esteem is quite mm -hmm. strong. And he ended up being a, York, being a Yorkshire man. He, he had a go at them. He was like, first of all, I you approached it. me. I love it. And I've literally come in here because you approached me and you've literally just told me I need to fix this, I need to fix that, I need to lose a bit of weight, I need to do that. And he actually swore at them. Like, and walked out. Little I'm to say he didn't go down the path of being a model. But <laughs> he said if he hadn't have been stronger, yeah. he would have took all this on and that would have stemmed his body yeah. issues. Now, I know a lot of celebrities have come out in the past and and spoken openly about struggles with their weight and everything due to a demanding industry like that. Yeah. But do you think that did did that create anxiety as well? Thinking heightened that. I know you said your thing was self-loathing. Yeah. Did it stem onto other issues? Oh, absolutely. So mm. um, the anxiety came across in so many different ways. Yeah. So my anxiety used to be. I used to. That's a, that's a fun fact. I don't know. Pick things. So I used to find. Uh, it would, you know, how some some people just have a habit of sitting scratching. Yeah. Mine would be, I would find comfort in actually scratching, like picking spots. But it's wow. really a revolting habit, and mm. 
really not that nice, but I found that. Or I pick at my fingers all the time or I bite my nails. So it would wow. be that and then, you know, sort of it came with that and constantly being then rejected. Because although you have great successes, also you get you get turned down a lot. Yeah. And it would be you're not turned down of, you know, sorry, we're after a brunette. They're just like, no, and you're out. You never know the why, yeah. so you're always left guessing that it was. And when it's purely aesthetic and you're constantly bobbing, there's nothing. They don't care about your personality. Yeah. You can be a wet fish and they wouldn't care if you looked the part. They just don't. And it's, um, you know, so then that stemmed into sort of the anxiety and depression that I was very upset, like just very deeply unhappy and didn't see the point of there were stages where I was very I would classify that then as depression mm. and I just didn't see the point anymore like what was the there's nothing worth actually kind of living for and I actually interestingly I was watching an interview with Cara Delevingne right and I found if you find on YouTube I think it's woman woman in something I don't know the name but yeah. Google it and she talks about depression and she reads out a poem she's incredible and she was saying that her height of her modeling career, when she was, she had psoriasis, she was depressed and stuff like that. And the managers, I think were at that stage, she didn't say it, but I'm guessing that they were making so much money and she was so highly yeah. in demand. And what they did, instead of going, you have a break, here's a break, yeah, get some good nutrition, keep your, just rest. They actually took her to doctors and injected cortisone to fix the psoriasis and just kept put, like, wow. they were just medicating. And the managers were, and so... Putting a band-aid on the issue. Yeah, so oh. it's interesting that that's how, and she speaks openly about the depression that she yeah. went through. So. so you know when you're in, this has just come to mind, oh. you know when you're in the changing rooms and all you, your girls yeah. are in there, was there ever a stage when you thought, should I mention it to one of these girls? Because if I'm going through it, they're going through it? Or do any no. of the girls speak openly about it? No. Or is it still seen a bit of competitiveness oh. so you've never... Yeah, well, wow. I don't know so much anymore um, yeah. because I've kind of moved away from this sort of intensity of fashion yeah. weeks and things like that. But when I was doing it, definitely not. God, so competitive. Wow. They would, you'd be lucky if you weren't pushed down some stairs. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was. It was, you know, and if you spoke about it, it was a sign of weakness. And that is like mm. what you don't do in a crowd of girls is show a weakness because, God, they are well, predators. Yeah. Girls, and I suppose in that competitive, if they've got an age over you, yeah. they'll mention you're going through something. and Yeah. yeah. And we spoke wow. about that sort of scarcity mentality just before the podcast. And again, that because they go, well, there's only this one job. If I can annihilate one of my competition, I'm one step closer to getting it. Yeah. And it's a very different thing than going, well, there's actually a lot of jobs going around and this might not be the right no. job for everybody. But it yeah. is that. And you know, again, you're then in a room of girls that are, they're all 5'8", 5'9", 5'11". Girls that are all brunette. They've all got X-color eyes. They're all yeah. look, like your you're little, little clones of one another. Yeah. You know, and so you yeah. are, you're competing against somebody who looks identical. And on in a, in a job that is based on looks, yeah, yeah. you understand that I don't think in that. You know, I think it would be great if we could change that and actually help those girls. But then, because yeah. I, I suppose they wouldn't have mental health educators within mm. within there or doctors mm. or anyone just in case anyone's going through things. No, mm -hmm. and I mean it's interesting. Interesting in France, I think they've instituted the, the BMI mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Go, and you go, 
you're targeting one aspect yeah. of somebody who might be very unhappy and it's a weight. Yeah. It's a weight basing and it's a height because yeah. you can't change your height. So you're basing it on the weight yeah. and you're targeting that and you're asking girls who are in an industry. And so what people forget is that in the modeling, it's you could be you could be 140 kilograms or you could be 30 kilograms. Yeah. It's not the weight that's the issue. Yeah. It's the mental. It's the mental health in the middle of yeah. that. So it's interesting in your sort of body. But no, when I was modeling, I never reached out. I don't think I reached out to any of the other girls. You know? But you wow. did. But I do love, and, and that's not slamming slam mm. the, the modeling no, industry because you've all. seen the, the impact of changes they're making and yeah. the larger ladies are coming out now and people of different looks and things like that, yeah. which is good that they're embracing the different changes and everything. Yeah. So again, that's that's just bringing out the mental health side of things that if the conversation can be started within that sort of industry yeah. as well a lot more and with people like Cara Delvine, if, if she's oh. mentioning it, that's going to stem a lot more girls to actually go, oh, I can get the help. Yeah. Because do you think if you had the right mentality or the help going into that industry, you'd have set yourself up a lot better? A lot better. Yeah, hundred percent. I yeah. would have been a lot stronger, and I don't. And I think then that the, you know what? Though if I was happier in myself, yeah, any kind of rejection would have been like, yeah, well, so it wasn't right. That's and what like, age were you? I was fourteen. I think the same thing. I was speaking to Jacqueline the other week, like when we were also going through those teenage yeah. years as well. You don't know who you are, what you want. Your body so you're sat here as a woman now. Yeah. And you go. It, it's almost like those pen letters where you go. If I could write to my yeah. teenage self what I would have said like what would you have said I'd be like oh god I'd be I would have been like it'll all be okay at the end of the day yeah like you'll get through school you'll yeah. get through it despite everything else you'll get through it and it's those years and unfortunately nobody's gonna make them better yeah. to just I honestly and that's what I believe and I'm like just knuckle through it because yeah. in I'd love to change it's so hard to think about all the aspects I'd love to change, but I think my biggest thing would be like, you're actually going to turn out okay. You're going to find some awesome people in your life. Yeah. And they might not be there right now, but far out, you've got some fun things on the way that you yeah. have no idea about. I would probably say that, you know, avoid certain people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Avoid these people. Don't do that. Yeah. And for the love of God, don't go down that pathway. Um, but that's kind of, I would say that, you know, yeah, just reassure myself. I'd love to go back and just give myself a hug and be like, yeah, you're actually okay. You know, even <laughs> yeah. if you're rejected, you're actually, yeah. you don't, you might not, you don't have to be great all the time, Yeah. but you're definitely not the worst of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that, that's yeah. probably what I would say. So now you're no, an actress. You, no you, you found a passion for acting. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you found that as kind of an, an outlet? Uh, it's been, you know what? I think the acting for me just, I found the people that were in my life yep. just got better and better and better in yep. this world of creativity. I found more people like myself because coming, I, so I grew up in South Africa. Right. Um, and acting was not really an avenue there. And I don't think people understood me. I don't think, I think that's why I just never fit in, because I never found my, a crowd of people who just went, yeah, it's okay to be kind of weird, and, yeah. you know, enjoy that. And then when I came to Sydney, I ended up on a set of a film, just as an extra, and I loved it. 
I loved the process and it was it was literally like a wonderland for me. Mm. And I, so I decided to pursue that and all the actors that are actually out there that have trained for years are gonna hate me. And I'm totally joking. <laughs> um, but I kind of was like I was so naive coming from a yep. modeling background. I was entitled. I was an entitled <laughs> and, <laughs> I really was. I just I look back and I'm oh god. Yeah, the red carpet I'll kiss and we can't yes. on set. <laughs> yeah, so I was literally like, What do you mean you don't want me? <laughs> it was just like and yeah. Yep. I've got great stories from doing that and I I'm embarrassed actually, yep. but it's fine. But I saw this world and I kind of just went, Wow, I fit in. Yep. I love it. It's creative and I want I just want more of that. How do I get more of that? And then I actually discovered the sort of acting side because being like strides not really involved in script and yep. analysis and characters and you know, and then the more I did it the more I met people on set and the more I was like, This is this is amazing. And yeah. when I walked into a room, what I found was that you'd get rejected. But I'd been through so much growing up and through everything I had been and the psychologists and the anxiety, right? All those things. And then I'd walk into a room and I'd be like, I didn't get it. Far out, that sucks. Okay, next one. Next, I mean, yeah. there's obviously certain parts and there's certain projects where you take a good 24 hours. And there's actually a fun thing. If you look it up, it's called the 24-hour rule. Mm -hmm. And Gabrielle Rogers, my voice and coach and beautiful friend, dialect coach, one of my best friends put me onto it and give yourself 24 hours to feel because as humans we constantly yeah. press we press down yeah. and if you didn't if you didn't if it what didn't mean anything to you if it wasn't something worth having those feelings wouldn't be there yeah. so the, the more you want it the more it hurts when you don't get it so yeah. the, tw the 24 hour rule is something that I, I kind of live I live by and I go through auditions and it literally is just allowing yourself. I suddenly entered an industry where I kind of was not suppressed. The emotions were not, oh, hide those, yeah. you know, just be here, do that, stand there, move there, you know, wear that piece of clothing to a place where I kind of went, I'm allowed to feel and I'm, it's okay to feel in this. So that was why I kind of went into the acting mm -hmm. and I love that and I've just met so many amazing people. And, Everybody has something to teach you, which I love. But I think what you learn when you when you get a bit older, if, if you agree with me, mm -hmm. like you stop letting other people suppress you. Yeah. Like we do hold naivety, uh, but it's kind of <laughs> naivety. Yeah, because in your industry, in the acting, yeah. I've been to Los Angeles so many times and know so many people there, and there's this naivety in this industry where, again, you're kind you're kind of suppressed. Hat and buzz around pilot season and um, people saying you need to go over there at this time. So to be there for ooh, four years now going on and actually learning the industry and knowing there's, there's actually no point to be suppressed because there's not just pilot season. No. There's mocap season, there's voiceover, yeah. there's there's a whole year, there's a whole season now, there's Netflix, there's, there's so much things. So. If you're already going through issues and you've got high anxiety and you're being told by somebody and being suppressed by going, you need to do this, you need to get over it this time and you're going to be sedge. We talked about it before the podcast. So I've got a good friend, Jacqueline, who actually came on last week. She yeah. was telling me, she was like, there's two ways to look at things. You can be rushing towards something with passion. So acting, you're loving it. You're doing it for the process. Or you can be running towards it with fear, which is just going to push it further yeah. away because 
it's going to heighten your anxiety. You're going to be stressed because you're wanting it so bad and you're going to be yeah. like you've just been mentioning. So stop being suppressed by people. Really enjoy it for what it is. Lower yeah. your anxiety levels and just do it for why you got into acting to start with. Yeah. Because as I say, it's, it, it's a whole year that you've got possible opportunities. That's it. And it's finding, right. I think, then the processes to help you lower those anxiety levels. And it would, for me, surround yourself, I think, definitely with good people. Yeah. Good people. Because yeah. the minute you surround yourself with, with people that are like, oh, there's only that one job. There's yeah. that one there. That's it. There's, yeah. You know, and, and people that believe in you. Yes. So it's yeah. amazing, like you say, how your life can change when you find people that Actually. have the same... Interests, yeah. whatever. Just... And not bullshit, not bullshitty people. Sorry, yeah. my language goes downhill quite quickly. I need to watch that. Um, but <laughs> and by the way, can I just say this is actually water. Like, we're, not, we're not. We're not. Pure vodka. <laughs> <laughs> we got posh water. Just posh to water. see you do now. Um, yeah, I actually broke several glasses. Yeah, um, I'm clumsy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Just yeah. so you know, we're not talking <laughs> about <laughs> mental health with glass of wine or vodka. Yeah. Um, but yeah, meeting people on the yeah. same wavelength or yeah. successful people. Never take advice for somebody who's not obviously been through something or yeah. more successful because, again, you can be suppressed by anyone's opinions or anyone's thoughts. Absolutely. So, and I think find what works for you because, say, what works for you might not be the same process that yeah. works for me. But, you know, it is, it's finding those things and if you're actually working on self-improvement and actually wanting to work out of those extreme situations where mental health is sort of taken over and it's really dark and that and it's hard when you're it's easy when you're not in it yeah to look in and go oh you could do this this and this and then it's i think it's harder when you're in the midst of it to go i actually need help so it's acknowledging and it, acknowledging is a first step to a lot of processes yeah. is acknowledging the problem because a lot of the time we kind of go, it's not, it's not really a problem. It's fine. It's fine. I just scratch open my skin. It's fine. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's a thing. And you're like, no, that's not, that's not a thing. It's a symptom of something that's going on. So what would you say? And I always put this to people. Mm. What, what is the big stigma towards you actually opening up or the fear of opening up to somebody? What was the response from people when you did? I think, I think the fear for me comes also in the two, sounds really it sounds as disordered as it is and it sounds as, is that I don't deserve it right. if you look at my life and you look at the things I've worked towards the things I've bought the place I live I live in Australia yeah you know I come from I didn't suffer abuse as a child yeah. I was I grew up in a pretty average household you know um it was um, not a rich family but certainly not at the poverty stricken end of things I never I never really wanted for much and so I've got this life that you go you don't deserve that you yeah. have nothing to warrant yeah. these feelings and emotions what warrants why do you have those you have nothing in yeah. life that suggests that you should be allowed those yeah and so I think that was my thing and it's I reckon that came from earlier where I've been told in my life that I kind of didn't deserve it but I saw a really good psychologist when I was younger and one of the things that she said to me um, was that because I you we often look at it and we go oh well I definitely don't deserve it and I look at somebody in say Kenya or you know a poverty stricken country where children are literally starving to death yeah. you know or you know you've got these extreme situations of 
people have lost family members and you go, well, my problems are not really. You look at those problems yeah. and not really that bad. And she says, yeah, those, that's true. It is true. If you look at it like that, she goes, your problems are real to you in your life and they're real. Yeah. So you cannot neglect them like that. And so I think that that really stuck with me. Yeah, um, it is a good sense because sorry to interrupt, but no. even even with body issues, yeah, I used to do this a lot with the body dysmorphia, and, and I'll apologize to anyone with this because some other people with body dysmorphia may do this as well. You can actually look on social media and look at somebody who may be very overweight, yeah, and then look at yourself and go, "Why am I complaining?" Similar sort yeah. of thing. But 10 minutes later, you can look in the mirror and you can pull yourself apart and go, oh my God, but. Yeah. And it, it, it's the same the same mentality. And what your psychologist says is exactly true. It is true. That person may have more weight or, weight whatever. or whatever. They may own it. Maybe yeah. happy. Like, that's on you. Extremely skinny people may be the most unhappiest people ever. Yeah. But exactly what you were saying. It's, it's your thought process. It is you. Like, whatever you think, you know that is an issue. Yeah. Like, how am I trying to say it? Like, in reality, yeah. like, you know it's, it's, it's obvious. Yeah. Like, those people over there have the issues. Yeah. So why are you complaining? Why are you complaining? Ten minutes you later, to... you forgot their issues because yeah. you're back in your own head. You're in your... And that's how mental illness works. It, it literally, unless you've been through it, it grips you. It's crazy. So although you know you're not thinking rational, yeah, like you know rationality is when the people in Kenya are far more deserving to complain or yeah. to feel like this than me, who's somewhat got an amazing life, who've got nothing to complain about, who oh he's looking at his body, thinking oh there's a flaw there, or yeah. I'm not good enough. That's it. It, it you... sounds silly, but it's what what happens in your head. And I think people forget about that. And I think, especially in terms of mental health, people often go, you know, sort of, especially the old school thinking. And I think my parents came from yeah. a very old school. Yeah. Just be happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was, that, I never thought of that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was <laughs> yeah. just, that's it. I'll wake up and I'll, um, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'll just leave and I'll, I'll go do that. Yeah. That was so simple. Wow. Years, years of therapy wasted. Let's yeah. just be happy. Um, but that, I think that was my biggest thing about posting on social media is that people yeah. go, you know, you don't really, you really, you really, and I was yeah. like, I don't want to have to prove a mental health yeah. issue to anybody. It shouldn't yeah. be anybody's to decide. And that's the thing I think with, we're sat here having a mm. chat like this with a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing. It's, it's this easy to talk about it. Like there's yeah. no fear. There's no judgment. You're talking about it like. You've got an injured knee or yeah. leg or something like that. And I think that's that's the whole thing with this campaign is just get the conversation started because you're going to find people out there that have gone through the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I think you're, you're talking about old school mentality. Our parents probably went through this, but yeah. they kept it so suppressed. So absolutely, we need to break that, break that cycle of keeping it suppressed. Because yeah. you see all these YouTube videos and you see like a little Asian kid with a white kid and there's no racial prejudice. There's no yeah. homophobia. There's no... Do you know yeah. where I'm getting at? They've, they've got no other thoughts than pure connection, human connection yeah. and interaction. So it's almost been external factors of people that are learning from the old school, bringing it kind of in of yeah. what their thoughts are. We no longer need to think like this. 
No. And I think to our children, we definitely don't need to think like this. They don't, because like, it is, it's okay, it is, there is nothing wrong with it. And, you know, sort of, I think there's so much known, I, I love the human brain. I think yeah. the human brain is just phenomenal if you think about everything it can do and does. And there's so much unknown. We don't know. If you, tell me, yeah. tell me where is, like, where exactly in the brain is anxiety? And I'm sure there's neuroscientists out there going, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, but tell me yeah. how it works. <laughs> tell me if it's that easy that you can pinpoint it in the brain. Yeah. Then t- fix it. Yeah. How do you fix it then? Yeah. So I love the fact that we, we don't know enough. And some people might have had experiences that have brought them to where they are now. And other people might actually literally have a genetic constitution that is different to ours. Yeah. And we, I think... Not understanding it and not accepting it are two different things. We don't have to understand it to yeah. be like, that's actually okay. It's yeah. just different. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the world is changing. Mm. I think that the more advocates for mental health, the more bigger public figures. Yeah. That just stem from this campaign. And, and in Hollywood these yeah. days with Gaga and with people like this, just actually actively speaking about it, we don't need to be sadly losing people. No. Like... That's it. And it's, I think that's the biggest change that you kind of really want to see is that one less person feels like there is no other avenue apart from ending their life. Because I think that was one of the biggest things personally. Sorry, I I digress and I make it about me again. Me, me. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. More about me. Um, But I did. I found... The, the more life I saw, the more life was worth living. Mm-hmm. And I find I found extreme joy in stupid things. Like, I found posters in LA attached to sign, like, lampposts that would just make my day because yeah. they were so stupid. Somebody posted a picture of, like, missing Elmo or something stupid, and they were like, have you seen this Elmo? And mm-hmm. they just, it was just the best poster. And I found, like, you'd never have noticed it. There were so many times in my life. So I think it's finding the joy and realizing that life is actually... There's so much yeah. good in it. There's so much left to experience. And I think, because I had had extreme suicidal tendencies when I was younger as well. And I kind of just went, I am so glad I just did not go down that pathway. Because yeah. I, like, there is so much in this world that I just can't wait to see and experience. And I think people, it would be great if there was a way to con- connect people who are going through that and helping them through, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. Yeah. Just so people can speak more yeah. openly and freely, I think. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And I, I the more research I've done on myself, and now I won't pretend to know that I know everything because mm. I don't. And that's the whole, whole point of having clinical psychologists for the educational parts and knowing people where to direct and everything mm. with this campaign. But the more and more research you do in it and you, you speak to people who have had suicidal tendencies yeah. or people who have actually attempted it is the fact that, um, sadly, we lose some people. Yeah. Those people who have managed to survive, the one thing that a lot of them have said when you can look into all the research in that is that they, the moment that they'd either tried to do it, yeah. they didn't really want to end their life, yeah. it was almost like a cry for help. Like yeah. Kevin Hines, if you've heard of Kevin Hines, mm. he, um, he attempted to jump off uh, San Diego Bridge um, and he survived. But he travels the world now doing talks on it. He's he's an incredible guy. And he reached out to the campaign and we, we spoke openly about it. Incredible guy. But that's the one thing that he was saying. And the more and more people he talks openly about it, yeah. 
the same thing comes through. So I think one of the good things that I did hear from one of the clinical psychologists was like, your brain can change like like the weather. Okay. Like, which literally, if you think common sense wise, yeah. it can. So you can be feeling like shit one minute basically, yeah. and then you can see a child who's who's laughing, or yeah. you can like they've done experiments where someone on a train would be laughing hysterically. At first, you'd be annoyed. You'd be like, what the fuck is that? But then more and more, it's infectious and everyone on the train starts laughing. And that's what they say, that the mind can change like weather. Yeah. So sadly, we lose people because at that thought where they're in that, that, that stage where the mind is like, I can't take this, I'm going yeah. to. So two seconds later, that, that, that state of change could be different. Yeah. So that's when we need to impact and we need to get this conversation started with everybody. Yeah. So that people know it's okay to actually actively talk. Like this, grab a glass of water. <laughs> water. <laughs> Everyone's going to be thinking we are drinking something we else because we're, we're bringing point to it. You keep mentioning it. Water. Like, you, you physically couldn't drink water yeah. like that. That would be so yeah. bad. You couldn't. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's as easy as getting a group yeah. of friends and talking about it. Putting your phones down. Yeah. And actively speaking about how are you. Um, a good friend of mine, and he, he's... He's one of the faces of the campaign, Nick Brax. Mm -hmm. um, so people need to follow him because he's he does huge things for mental health. But he started making some short films, and the funny thing was, unless I mentioned it in the last episode as well, but it's that good, so I'll mention it again. Mention it again. He just basically somebody somebody says to him like, "How have you been?" Yeah. And he is using this fake lie. It, it, it is yeah. his life, but he's basically saying, "Oh yeah, we're going. Got my kid to the posh school. I've got this awesome job. I've got this, 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 this." And the friend was there just taking a bite, like, okay, so how are you? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 what? He's like, but how are you? I feel like shit. I feel miserable. Somebody yeah. like, I think I did mention it with Jacqueline on that podcast. Okay. But it's, it, people need to stop this filtered, yeah. filtered thing on social media and realise that celebrities, public figures, they have to play the part because it's their job. Yeah. And that's a whole part of this concept of, this campaign, people are going, why are you using celebrities or public figures? And it's normal people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So um, if we can get this conversation started, and public figures have the platform to get this conversation started, but it doesn't take away the fact that everybody's a normal person. We're all yeah. humans and we all go through shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's pretty much wrapped up. We could talk all day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we can. Um but anything you, you, you want to say, um, if anybody's watching this and sees and a young and girl who's a model, just... I, th I think it is, and I think Jacqueline was speaking about it, is that not to walk on eggshells. I think that we spoke about it yeah. before as well, is the minute uh, there's also a fear of when mental sort of health comes out, is people don't know quite how to react. They think, and I'd love yeah. that to change. I think yeah. that would, and if you, I feel like, um, I don't know whether to look at the camera or not, but I'm hoping you just cut this out. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, this is cut out. No, 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 no this is just going to be the eyes. It's like, that's the anxiety. Watch me. Just anyway. Yeah. Um, no, but just to actually speak to people, find help, find your people. Um, if there's, I would recommend everybody at some stage goes to see a psychologist, if nothing else, yeah. for the experience. Because yeah. so much of our, and even if you've got nothing, but you feel you've got nothing, yep. speak to a psychologist because, hey, you know what? It actually helps discuss, and it's an outsider's perspective who's not actually involved in your life, yep. who 
you know, we'll sit and listen to you. Because if you walked up to a stranger and just went, hey, I really, they'd be like, no, yeah. I don't know, that's way too much yeah. information. Can yeah. you please go yeah. leave this? Um, but yeah, I would recommend everybody just surround yourself with good people. And if you are struggling, speak to someone, yeah. speak to somebody, be anybody. And what would you say, I would ask you, mm. as, as a background, it can be in acting, but especially in the modelling industry, yeah. if you've got a daughter or a son within that industry and you start noticing changes within them, yeah. from kind of your perspective of going through those issues, what would you have wished or a parent to have known or how they could have impacted you or helped? Don't smother. I know that right. sounds like it's counterintuitive because yeah. I think a parent's automatic instinct is to... Is it, swoop yeah. in like an eagle and be like, I've Protection. got you, yeah. I've got you. Don't smother, but be there and be understanding. And, you know, help help the people realize you because, unfortunately, a parent telling you that you're worth it is yeah. your parent telling you you're worth it. You're like, my mum tells me I'm special. Yeah. It is, yeah. you take it there and you might, yeah. you're still your parent. So, you know, if, you're, if your child is actually starting to show any symptoms, Speak to somebody, you know. Um, don't don't do old school doctors, and I know some doctor will be here on that. I'm not talking old school in terms of the the way they work, but somebody who just brushes off and goes, "Oh no, they're fine, yeah. they're fine." Yeah. If you have strong enough concerns, don't take no for an answer, mm. because not everybody will listen to you, and not everybody knows. Yeah. And a lot of people, especially when it comes to young kids and the modeling, and kids who Kids will hide it. Right. They are the best actors of all. Yeah. You know, sort of, and it'll lash out in strange ways in kids because they tend to have a little bit less of a filter. So what did I do? I threw a cell phone. And Dad pulled out like a tire bike's moment and whipped it out and threw it. And but like those those moments where you go, that's not normal. Something else. So yeah. if you click onto that, speak to somebody about it. I think that would be my biggest thing. And don't don't smother. Yeah. Don't try and protect them because, unfortunately, if that's the world that they've chosen, then support that. Support that. Be there for them and be like, yeah, 100% we're behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it'd be really great to be to speak. To and what little triggers is there? So my body issues stem from yeah. just picking floors. So it was never to do with food or anything like that. So Can I ask how you decided to help? Oh, I basically got to a stage where I was I was looking in the mirror for a few hours. Um, I can laugh at it, like we said, we spoke about before, because when I tell people that, people are like, "Whoa, like what? Yeah. You could take time looking in the mirror." And it was basically picking picking areas, flaws yeah. that perceived flaws. Um, and it got to a point where me and my wife, she she was like, "I can't take this anymore." Like, like we've got a son and. It's taking time away from you. Mm. Now, my wife was incredible, but at the same time, we caught up with another friend who we've not seen for many years, um, and it turned out he, he was a male model. And he disappeared for years, and nobody yeah. could find him. And he was going through his own struggles that no, nobody knew. And he, he randomly contacted us a couple of months ago when we had dinner together. And he actively spoke about it. He had body dysmorphia. For all those years going through modeling. And you had no idea? No idea. And I was like, imagine if we'd have spoken. Imagine if somebody like, had just and started the conversation. Brave, brave enough like, to say it. I, I was there going, I can't do it because I'm, I'm in the gym profession and I can't tell them. And he was modeling. He was like, I can't look to be weak because I'm a guy and I'm modeling yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And 
Yeah, we spoke about it, and we we became close. I like talking openly about it. And these days, like, I can't tell anyone. But yeah, the, the pivotal moment was my wife literally saying, "You need to see somebody," or like, and it can take it. It can probably take that stage because yeah. if it wasn't for my wife saying that, like, you just don't don't know. Yeah. But my point was, it, it did get worse because we lived in Australia here, and then we couldn't find childcare. So in Australia, guys, if you live in Australia, it does take a while for childcare. So put your baby on the list <laughs> as soon as they're born. <laughs> yeah. Serious. I, I'm not lying with that one. Um, so we moved to Thailand mm. when my wife was originally born. So to be removed from your friends, I knew since I left university that from 22, I lived in Australia. So to be moved to Thailand, which is a totally different culture, to have to work in a culture that I wasn't familiar with, it gave me more time to yeah. see my flaws, yeah. which weren't there. But yeah. in my head, it was there. So, yeah. Do you think there's always a comfort in doing it as well? Is that I it's, think it's, it was. It's, there's, a, there's a safety, there's a, and this is what I know. And you it's know, a control it's, thing. It's a, yeah, it is, like, yeah. It's the same with, with any person going through, I'd say, eating disorders with yeah. the food thing. And that's what I'm saying, like, is there any triggers that parents can start noticing? Yeah. Like, do you, do you hide food or... Um, I think in terms of eating disorders, it's it's always hard. I think young kids, you know, will go through what they do. Because um, you're not with them 24-7 either, are you? At school, no. so you don't know if they're eating at school. And... Yeah, I don't know in terms of that that I'm the best person to ask about that. Um, I think in terms of other triggers that you'll see is um, weight loss. Mm. Weight loss. Yeah. I think people forget about that. Um Food going missing, maybe, if that was something, you know, that would be a big one as well. I think anger, anger and lashing out. Do you know? think we could change that, change the whole perception of it as well as, I know with the old school, and I've spoken to some people about this and said that when they went through their own body mm. issues, their parents were supportive, but their parents sent them to see a psychologist, which, right. which is incredible. Yeah. Fully supportive. Do you think they could change that mentality as well if the parents went to see psychologists themselves so they yes. knew better how to equip? Yes. Because not the same a lot psychologist. Of people, no, not together. Because you never know where the problem no. stems. It could be something to do. You, you just don't know anyone's mm -hmm. story. But they were saying, the people that I was speaking to, so obviously when I do these podcasts, I want to find out more information from everyone who's gone yeah. through this sort of thing. But a lot of the same things were our parents were old school. So they didn't see psychology, so no. they didn't get educated. So as much as they were supportive, like you said, there was a bit of smothering there, yeah. trying to protect. It's, it's that ego kind of mentality. But they didn't get help themselves in how to deal with it. No. So do you think that could be, Absolutely. is that a huge thing? Yeah. Absolutely. I believe in that actually really strongly, especially my parents, um, <laughs> my, my mum forced my dad into it, which was entertaining yeah. now to think at the time it was not entertaining yeah. to be in that situation. Because my dad was just, he would sit there. And when we ever saw, like, a family psychologist, the three of us together, mm. oh, the fights that would break out because my dad and I would try and one-up each other. So no, I, I would definitely recommend not being... Separate. Not separate. And also, I think if a kid is struggling and they feel like the parents are not really understanding how to deal with it, having somebody outside 
to yeah. speak to that is versed, that psychologist, somebody yeah. that they have to trust. You know, I think there's a big thing about trust, and that was also in my, um, my sort of life, is trusting that people will not break the sort of the code of psychology. Yeah. And I think I, I struggled with that for a long time because I saw a psychologist at school who happened to be the mother of one of the boys in my year group. Mm-hmm. And everything I told that psychologist eventually got out and went around the school, which is just brilliant wow. when you're being tortured. Yeah. Tortured already. Just that's out off the end. Yeah. Um, and so I had a big thing with that. And I also found that when we did do family psychologists, I just felt like the psychologist wasn't on my team anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they they weren't there just to hear my sign, but rather and you couldn't, you know, because unfortunately it is that thing if you are in a group setting. Yeah. You say it stays in the room. It never stays in the room. Yeah. Let's be honest. That gets discussed all the way yeah. back home in the car with my dad. It's like, oh, you would you, you made me look bad. And I was like, I told the truth. This is. I was like, you yeah. made me look bad. This is so. It's and again, it's not about how you look. It's what's going on. So yeah. I think if you're, especially in the modeling world, if your kid is modeling and they're showing signs of stress, be it, and it'll be simple things like, I mean. I used to pick my cuticles, like raw, raw and bleeding hands. I used wow. to pick them apart and like, that's not, it's a, it's a sign of stress rather than yeah. anything else. Yeah. And so signs of stress, I think would be the biggest one, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, isolating themselves, not wanting to go out, you know, and unhealthy fixations with an industry like that. Yeah. You know? So I think it, it, stemming from all that, it's just education. Yeah. Really. Like, essentially, parents these days could go and get educated themselves before yeah. there's even a problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of even read up on it or, yeah. like, hopefully from this campaign, people seeing it and seeing images of public figures. Yeah. Although I keep on saying we're creating awareness for everybody, I want it derived straight to our kids to know that if they can see a model yeah. who's done successful that had issues herself or their favourite yeah. sports star. Imagine yeah. playing a video of a, a sports star in a locker room to all these young impressionable football players who think, I can't be seen to be weak. Yeah. And then there's a sports player who's gone on to win so many championships and he's spoken openly about going through stuff. A- that he's had help all along the way by psychologists, by doctors. Like, Do you know what I mean? It's like, interesting that yeah. you use the word weak a number of times. So yeah, I, think, I wonder if that's, do you think that's specifically to males? I mean, sort of. Or, a lot of guys yeah. who've spoken openly don't want to Come drop on. masculinity, and yeah. I think that's that's a big thing. And Marco. Um, who came on it is yeah. is a big actor in New Zealand. He wanted to come on it because in New Zealand, especially, the whole the whole Maori culture and the masculinity. Yeah. He wants to change that perception because that is very much you don't want to drop your masculinity mm. and you want to be seen weak, but people are going as far as we're sadly losing people because people would rather, yeah. and it sounds wrong, go down the path, sadly ending, yeah. than nearly speaking out. That's so weird. And that's, that's why he wanted to come on. and mm. like he's, a, he's an incredible guy, incredible actor as well. But I think it's so funny because I always say this, that when, when you actually... When you actually see performances from actors and you are so taken back, mm. to me, I always think, what have they gone through? 
That's exactly it. Because the best actors in life, and this is a personal opinion, yeah. like they've got to have gone through something. Mm. Because where can you dig so deep and get so emotional yeah. to, to bring a performance like that out? I'm not saying nobody can't do it. Like there are some excellent people, yeah. but sometimes it's just that that hits you. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing. It, I don't think unless you've had the personal experience, you can really dig. Yeah, it's interesting, and yeah. it's amazing how we don't like talking about it, but yeah. we like watching it on screen. Yes. Yeah. So it's so you're yeah. like, no, let's yeah. actually change it. Let's actually enjoy watching it, and yeah. then let's talk about it yeah. because. And that's why we're probably what we own on this podcast quite a bit. But I'll say, I'll say, I love watching. If you watch a movie, watch the director's cut, yeah. the longer version, because there's nothing worse. And I understand time restraints yeah. on things, but <clears throat> when there's something that that happens emotional in a scene, and the time constraints are there, and they know they have to cut to the next scene, I'm like, what? Play on it. Let people feel. Let people resonate yeah. because that's the whole you want in human connection and emotion, yeah. and that's that's the thing I want to create with this campaign. Like some people, I got one message from someone saying it's an amazing camp campaign, but some of these images are, are shocking. Why is it shocking? Because it's connected with yeah. you. It it's hit a nerve, or it's you want to know more. Like what's this person's story, or what is behind those eyes? Yeah. It's done its job. It's, it's made done, you think it's, and it's making you want to start the conversation. Yeah. Let's keep it going. That's it. So, That's it. Well, I want to thank yeah. you for your time today, Kirsten. Thank because you. this is... Yeah. We can we, talk all day. We um, talk all day. Okay. All day. All day. <laughs> but I want to thank you for your time. Um, you. I want to thank you for coming on the campaign and all the help you've been doing. Oh, um, and let's continue to get this message out and get mm. some more mental health initiatives going with the campaign. And... Help more people. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's an honor to be part of the campaign.